Hello, my name is Jess Glynn. Uh, welcome to episode 8 of Jimmy's podcast, Megabus to the Ritz. And if you ever get hungry, you can use my singing voice as an egg mayo sandwich filler. Is that okay? That makes sense? Was it funny? Hello, Megabusticles. <laughs> oh, how are you? Is everybody good? Are we all, are we all, are we all comfortable in the back of the bus. Lovely. Um, I'll be up and down while we're on a nice straight bit of road. So I, you know, the, the, the... <laughs> I can't, I can't leave the steering wheel alone while I'm driving. Who am I kidding? If you want some food, come down and get it. Come down and get it, you lazy bums. Um, what a week. I broke through the 13-mile barrier. I know I'm talking about it like I've broken through the, the sonic barrier, like I've gone faster than the speed of sound, but I haven't. It's nothing that major, obviously, uh, but it's just a little thing for me. It was a little, like, cling film. It, it, was like the, it was like peeling back the cling film on party food, having the guts to stand up and say, I want those sausage rolls now, and just ripping the, the cling film off. That's what I did with, but it wasn't food. It was just distance. So I've... Gone further than 13 miles. For the first time in my life. I might have gone I might have gone further in a previous life when I was a top athlete, but I don't think I did. So it was something that was on my mind. I'm doing that 27 miler on Saturday in Tlatli. And, you know, 27 miles is a long way. It's, it's a little bit more than a marathon. And one of the things that was like, it wasn't troubling me because I'm looking forward to this run. I have nothing but excitement about this run on Saturday, but it was just something I wanted to do for myself. Like I haven't trained for it properly, I guess. So this was my way of saying, well, I've done a bit of proper training now. I've run further than I ever have before. So I set off um, on Sunday. So the day after Storm Dennis, even though he was still hanging around, he was just putting his pipe on and his uh, <laughs> his hat and leaving the door. So I went um, up a cycle path in Tlati. It's like a cycle path that goes up towards five roads and uh, I don't know some Mordor it goes up to Mordor something like that so I, I ran up there for about 10 miles and I turned around and came back I took some gels with me to experiment with those gels they were six months out of date they tasted like mashed potato but instead of potato you'd mashed a load of oysters and squeeze some lime on them it was pretty rough but do you know why they worked they worked they they got me to I got to just under 25 kilometers in total I wanted to keep on going but when I got back to Slatley, like, is it, this is genuine. It sounds like a Michael Bay movie. It sounds like I've made it up. But a tile flew off the roof of a house and smashed on the road in front of me. I, this is true. Um, so I decided, enough's enough. Let's go home and eat pasta and pizza. After a long run, I like to eat all the peas. Pasta, pizza, <laughs> and um, whatever else starts with pea. Um, potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. So... I've done that. I'm ready for this run on Saturday. I can't wait. Come on, let's have it. There's a lot of people joining us. Um, when I say us, I mean my, me and my friend Matthew. We both got Bubba Gump shrimp hats because it's going like, to be like Forrest Gump. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. And we've smashed our target for uh, Prostate Cymru. Please if like find me on social media. I'm on there, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a real human being. If it wasn't on social media so find me on there if you want to donate we smashed our target but that doesn't mean we don't want to keep on raising money for an amazing charity um you know yeah i don't want to talk about it too much i don't want to talk about it too much but it's a charity that i want to raise money for not just now but keep on doing it because it's important to me and my family and so many other families around me so that's why we're doing it um anything else about the run let's have a think about the run i did a little video i've kind of 
like haven't been doing as many long videos anymore. I find them, <laughs> I find them stressful. Like not the filming, the filming bit is fine. I enjoy that, but just getting home and editing it, I find it stressful. So I'm trying to not do as much. And you're like, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. It's like I don't have to fake smile at you all because I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm grumpy all the time when I'm running. I hate running, and I hate I don't want a fake smile anymore. That's that's a lie. I do enjoy running. What else? Let's talk. Oh yeah, my on trainers now. Uh, these the, ah, they like they like toddlers. These on trainers are like toddlers, and before I put them on, I have to kind of look at them in the eye and just work out what kind of mood they're in and what kind of tantrums I can expect on that run. And they they were well behaved on a long run. I won't lie, they were well behaved. They did collect a few sticks along the way because they've got those weird like hair curler bits on the bottom <laughs> so i had to stop them again to pull the sticks out but i've ordered uh Sikoni rides they are coming tomorrow and i will be doing the 27 mile on those and you know what those rides at the start of last year when i got running again i i wore those rides constantly i bought three pairs and i loved them i ran like my pbs in them i ran a 10k pb in them i Obviously, I didn't run the 5k PB in them because I got a little bit fast as the year went on. But I, I seemed to run really well in those. But I lost faith after I had a few little like pains in my foot. But I think I've seen the error of my ways and I'm going back to Sakoni rides for a bit. I tried on a pair of New Balance 1080s in the running shop. And oh my God, they made my belly button fizz. They were so sexy. But I need to save a little bit before I get those. Okay, that is what I've been up to this week. Nice long runs. Two days off again. I'm loving those. I'm going to do this 27 mile up because I'm crazy and then I take a few easy days and then I'm probably going to go back to the one day off a week because I'm feeling fit, I'm feeling really good, I'm feeling fit, I'm feeling strong, I'm feeling fast, I did a good 10 miles on the running machine when Storm Dennis kicked down the door and came into Wales like a maniac with a, with a, I don't know, a fire extinguisher, so I'm feeling really good and I know you shouldn't go on it too much but my Strava, whoa, my Strava fitness rating is in the 90s for the first time ever. I've always like hovered around the 70s, so I get, well, I don't even know what it means. What does it mean? I'm 20% fitter than I've ever been before. Have I evolved? Has my DNA changed? I don't understand. I'm the same height. How can I be fitter? Surely when you get fitter, you get taller. I don't understand what's going on, but according to an, an app, I'm the fittest I've ever been since the app got invented. Oh my word. What a conundrum. Tell me about the weeks leading up to the World Indoor Championships. 2006. A lot can run through your mind when you're sucking on a prawn's head. A dead and cooked prawn, of course. The day before yesterday, I'd become British champion over 800 metres, securing my place in the team for the world champs in Moscow. It was my greatest achievement so far, and now, here I was, less than 48 hours later, in a tapas bar in southern Spain, five steps below street level where the air was cool like a book, and the beer came in glasses as tight as Coke cans. I'd been here all afternoon with my dad, and if my talking was a font, it was definitely reaching bold comic sans. I was teenage drunk in a 24-year-old body. Satisfied that I'd sucked the last bit of juice out of the prawn before using my tongue to shake hands with its brain and possibly absorb a microsecond of crustacean nightmare, I hurriedly tossed the shell on the floor. The man behind the bar chuckled. That's the best part. The brain is the sweetest meat. Brain isn't a meat, I answered swivelling like a weather vane on the bar stool. It's more like a basket of wet laundry, apparently. Who wants to eat laundry? My dad steadies me with his arm, a 
The floor around our bar stool was decorated with prone bits, mussel shells, torito pieces and olive stones. We were told to throw our unwanted food on the floor. Unsure at first, we watched a few locals do it and then decided it was okay. Myself, my mother and my father had flown to Loka to see my sister. She moved here during her second year in uni to teach saxophone and work at the local school. The plan was for me to do some training in the sun before heading to Moscow, but so far, all I'd done was drink beer and read Hermann Hess. Me and my dad talked briefly about what training I could do during the holiday. We figured in the morning I could do some hills on the climb to Castle Loka, and in the evening I could run around the parks by the bullring. We knew I was in good shape, so a bit of speed and strength work would keep me topped up nicely in the build-up to the World Champs. As my dad spoke to me and I finished off another beer, I noticed that the TV on the wall had shown the same subtitles all afternoon. They'd been there throughout the football match, several weather reports, and now during an episode of Columbo. None of the locals seemed to pay any attention to the TV. They were busy playing cards or continually opening and folding giant newspapers. Hey, I asked the man behind the bar as he cut a thin slice of Iberico ham, which he then lay on his tongue. I swear, the slice of ham was so thin it just dissolved like sugar paper. Yes, sir, he asked. What does that subtitle say on the TV? It's been there since we got here. Ah, yes, it says, and he thought, you don't always get silence from an environment that is silent. What's that from? I don't know. It was on the television when I bought it. My dad bursts out laughing and the barman lays another slice of ham on his tongue. Nobody's asked me, but here's my... (laughs) I don't don't know. I have have no idea about running trainers. And I mean that honestly, right? But nobody's asked me about the Nike Vaporfly Next Percent. Should they be banned? No no one's asked me because they know I don't care. But here's, (laughs) here's my take on it. If you listen to an amazing album, right? And you like, that guitar sounds unreal on that album. You don't go out and buy the same guitar. You just work on your own imagination and create your own work of art, which is equally as good, but has got your own personality on it. That's how I see, <laughs> that's how I see running shoes. They're just, they're just instruments. It's just, I, I put them on the same way I plug a guitar into an amp. I don't expect them to, to help me. I just expect them to be there and just get, so I can just, I'm able to run, you know, the same way an amp allows my guitar to make a noise, the shoes just allow me to run, I, I don't care what's on there, I, you know, I really have no interest in buying those Nike Vaporflies because <laughs> I look at the people running in them and winning races in them and smashing PBs in them and I just don't want to be like those people, they don't, they don't inspire me, they don't, I, that's, that's, they, they are no Hendrix. They are no Jimi Hendrix or Jim Morrison of the running world. They don't inspire me. Not interested. I'm much more interested in people who are just cool. Are just cool runners. And I'm like, that's a that's a cool runner. Hey, lady or man, you're a cool runner and you make me want to run. People in, <laughs> people in those silly million pound Nikes just don't make me want to run. That's my take on it. The next morning, with a mouth that moved like a handful of sand, I dragged myself off the sofa bed, my arse still sore from the constant swivelling on the bar stool, and I straightened myself up in stages like a telescopic ladder. I put my running kit on, brushed my teeth by the kitchen sink, being careful not to spit on any cutlery, 
I made my way downstairs out of the apartment. The shutters were open on the shop below and I saw that it sold nothing but brushes and brooms, all proudly displayed like convertibles on a forecourt. I could use some of those bristles for my tongue right now, I thought. It wasn't even 8am yet, but the sun was already baking the tarmac. In my dehydrated state, I imagined the sun rattling like a snake's tail. Shaking the fear from my brain, I started running. Slowly at first, as I picked my way through the narrow side streets towards the start of the climb up to Casa Loca. It was my first run since becoming British champion and I soon forgot about my hangover as I focused on the movement of my legs and I began to feel proud about my last race. The memory of it was still fresh, the paint not yet dry in my own impression of events. There had been a lot of physical contact in the first 200 metres, elbows forcing their way forwards like headlights in a thick fog. A few runners collided and fell down, most notably my biggest rival for the gold medal, Andrew Badley. Nerves had caused me to hang back slightly after the gun, and because of that, I had managed to avoid the majority of the pushing and shoving at the front. I navigated my way around the fallen athletes and suddenly started to feel calm, like the air after a storm when the lightning has got rid of any tension. I was at least two seconds off the lead, but I ran an even paced race, 27 seconds for each 200 meters. Coming into the final bend, I knew I was going to win as I flew past Richard Hill. It was the smoothest bit of overtaking I'd ever done, and it happened right in front of my dad. Thinking about the race now, I could still feel the buzz and excitement of that final 50 metres. It was surreal and dreamlike. I seemed to sail towards the finish line as though it were calling me. My bones and muscles powerless compared to the magnetism of that line, my stride spreading out with the consistency and waves of iron filings. I started the race full of nerves and anticipation, but I finished it as weightless as a blue balloon. British champion, me, a boy from Truoki. It was crazy. Lost in my thoughts, I was surprised to see that I had already climbed the mountain above Loka. My back bristled in the heat of the sun, and I felt sweat cooling the back of my legs. I'm going to enjoy running up and down here every morning with a belly full of beer. I burp and turn to run back down with a clear view of the waking town below me. I think about what the barman had said. You don't always get silence from an environment that is silent. And figure that if that saying is true, it could also go that you don't always get noise from an environment that is noisy. That was definitely the case when I experienced that moment of calm at the end of the biggest race of my career. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, um, I'm currently sat on the edge of a pinball machine on my private yacht reading New Scientist and this <laughs> there's this article um, and the title is Botox Jet Spray May Help Extreme Sweaters and uh, let me read it let me just I'll read it and talk through what, what was going through my mind as I was reading this article Blasting the skin with liquid Botox at high pressure could be a new way to help people with extremely sweaty palms and armpits. Severe sweating that is usually unrelated to exercise or heat can disrupt day-to-day life and affects about 5% of people. It can hinder relationships and work due to feelings of embarrassment, not wanting to shake hands or socialise, difficulty holding objects and the need to change clothes often. I'm like, I'm reading this thinking... I've just come home from work and I had to wear a coat for most of the day. It was so cold. Where the hell on this planet do people sweat so much they have difficulty holding objects and they need to change clothes often? So I read that sentence and then it says, this was all... uh, (laughs) 
survey, survey carried out by Samantha Eisman at the Sinclair D- Dermatology, a skin clinic in Melbourne, Australia. There you are, says it all. That's why you're sweating. Don't don't spray your hands with Botox. <laughs> come come, give us a hand. Just come to Wales, give us a hand. It's, it's cold and you won't, you won't sweat. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming towards the end of tonight's journey on the Megabus to the Ritz, your weekly nighttime commute to a better version of yourself. I'm drinking a warm yogi tea um, and each, <laughs> each tea bag comes with a message on it and this one says, say it straight simple and with a smile i get i get the sentiment but have you ever tried talking while smiling it's you sound a bit like this right let's do some questions i got some quick fire questions again i like doing this um right the jomo on instagram and he's you know what i ran with him a few years ago well a lot a lot of years ago a long years ago i was gonna say a long years ago does that even make sense i ran with him a long years ago he was a track athlete he's brilliant and he's cool he's very punk and i i I love the guy he's top guy and he's asked me a question um what's your top five go-to songs for a tough run or session now before answering this I listened to them all, as you were all probably aware, because I was blasting it on the bus while you were trying to relax. (laughs) I listened to all these songs just to get the answer right. I made sure, yeah, these are my favourite songs, and in some cases albums, because I couldn't really pick one. Um, So, my top songs, or top music to listen to when running. This is cool, I like this question, because I love love music and running. Um, Anything by Kendrick Lamar. If you know me, you know that I am... Not obsessed, that's weird, but he is like my hero. Uh, someone actually asked me a message today, how do you quit booze? And I just gave him, like, I just told him the answer, Kendrick Lamar. And it's just something in his music. There's like a purity in it. Uh, there's an honesty in it. There's an intelligence in it. There's a focus in there. And when I first heard him, I, I was like just struck by this like cleanness to the music and how just, I don't know, how well presented everything was. And it, it just seemed meticulous. Then I, I researched the guy, read about him, found out he was teetotal. Um, he's got a few songs where he talks about it directly, um, most notably a song called Swimming Pools. And I just, I don't know, it just really made me want to get in the same headspace that he's in, uh, constantly just feeling creative and on, on top of your game, I guess, and, and just having no time for hangovers. So Kendrick Lamar, he like just, he <laughs> it's, it's weird like he just influences so much about how I think about my life the life of people around me um other stuff like higher meanings I don't know I don't want to talk about that this is not the podcast to talk about that but his music just makes me feel good and makes me want to be a good person and maybe like my top running song by him is probably King Kunta off to Pimp a Butterfly but I could really just listen to anything on Damn um, that I just have that album on repeat sometimes on runs. So yeah, Kendrick Lamar, number one. Uh, next are a band. I actually used to be in a band with a singer of uh, USA Nails. He he was he joined Future Left for a little bit and like just just practicing and writing songs. Then the guy is on another level. Like musician wise, he is on another level. Uh, and he's got a band now called USA Nails. And their latest album is called Life Cinema. And I think it was. Probably my most listened to album was running last year. It's amazing. I can't pick a song on there. Well, if I had to, I would say the song Smile. Um, I believe that <laughs> that better be on that album. But Smile is amazing. Uh, another hip-hop artist I listen to a lot is Danny Brown. Uh, I, I, I haven't really got a favourite album. I like... Oh, it's, it's weird. Like His albums are not easy for running to because they're a bit... They're all over the shop a little bit, but one song I put on a lot is a song of his called Monopoly. Love it. Um, 
David Bowie, another another hero. He's like he's up there with Kendrick Lamar a little bit. Just how how his creativity just has rubbed off on me. <laughs> not in that way. He hasn't literally rubbed rubbed his creativity on me. That's not a euphemism. But the song is it's kind of not a mainstream song of his. But the song "Beauty and the Beast," which kicks off Heroes. Funny thing about Heroes, interesting fact nobody asked me about. My least favourite song on the album Heroes is the song Heroes. What's that all about? That's crazy. But the song Beauty and the Beast is just, oh, just I just put it on and just, oh my God. I remember runs in 2006, 2007 when I lived in Cardiff around Roth Lake. Just that song would just kick in and I would just, oh, oh I just feel like I was running so hard that the tarmac would roll up behind me like a rug. And then another band, kind of what I listened to a lot back in the day as well and I still listen to now when I'm running is they're a Newport band they they only did two albums they broke up but they're called 60 for Dolls and they got a song called Talk To Me which is oh, just amazing running song it's, it's it's in F sharp minor I believe and for me that's a really sexy running key that just suits how I run F sharp minor there's a few songs in that key like I think Supersonic by Oasis is in that key and it suits my running I'm an F sharp minor kind of runner or F sharp major depends how happy I am and then I'm going to put my own band in there Vega Bodegas I wrote the song like the lyrics came while running uh, it's a song called Complete History of Witchcraft it, it mentions over Pernatus and then to me in a weird way it's about running but I do like I admit I listen to my own music when I'm running not all the time just now and again so that's a nice question thank you for that um, question from Hilly3012 what would you prefer to fight? One horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Uh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't want to fight any. I, I wouldn't fight anything that didn't have a fist. So unless these ducks and horses had fists, I'd be up for a scrap. But I probably would fight one horse-sized duck, I guess. Um, I like Just fighting a hundred duck-sized horses would just be weird. I don't think if you had a hundred duck-sized horses, I don't think every single one would be up for a scrap. So I would end up fighting maybe the one or two wanted a fight and then I would just be picking on the other 98 because they just want to get on peacefully so I would I would fight the one giant duck uh, Nathan Launsbury hello Nathan worked with him before top guy love your music as well this is all good it's all good we all know each other let's have a hug um, his question weekly diet plan when you're running mate generally I have I just eat wherever just eat wherever I just come in through the door uh, if my wife has cooked me something, I'll eat it. Our favourite thing is like veggie burger wraps. We love it. And we joke that we would rather eat that on Sunday dinner. So I just, I don't know. I'm not I'm not on a diet. I ate four chocolate rice crispy squares today. And I'm eyeing up a mint biscuit, mint chocolate club right now. I eat a lot. And uh, I guess like, I don't know. I could do with like sort my diet out a bit. I would lose a bit more weight. But the biggest thing I've done is just quit an alcohol. And I, I feel like I'm allowed to be a bit slack on my diet. But I, I don't eat meat. I don't like I eat chicken now and again. Sorry. So I do eat meat. But like red meat is out of the question. Anything that makes me feel heavy. I just I don't know. I kind of I approach my diet in like like I do with more stuff. I just imagine how it's going to make me feel. And if I think it's going to make me feel rubbish, I stay away. So like things like steaks and burgers, I'm just not interested in them. But lots of pasta um yeah i don't know i don't know i'll i'll work on it i do need to work on my diet so maybe that is something to cover in another podcast i've talked a lot i had an email halfway through that so it might have vibrated and it might have picked it up i'm sorry um i should have put it on airplane mode uh so that is it for episode eight wow eight episodes that's one more episode than there are colors in the rainbow so technically i i've got a great output than the sun <laughs> 
So this is episode eight. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again for the reviews. Please keep up. Please keep reviewing. Please. It means a lot. Um, it motivates me. It does motivate me because like, I, I don't know, like I said before, a, a lot of work goes into this. It might not sound like it, but it does. It, I, I carry the podcast around in my head like like a pea and I slowly make it bigger. And by the end of the week, it's the size of a pumpkin and I force it out through my nose and mouth. So that is it. Wish me luck for my 27 miler. Um, if you're going to donate, please donate. I'll give you, I might try and record bits of podcasts when I'm running. So you'll have a full update next week. That is it. Be excellent. Keep running and catch you next week on the, the mega bus to the ring. Tune in next week to hear more about my week in Spain before the World Indoor Champs and how running nighttime circles around the bull ring helped me keep my nerve on the big stage. Thank you.